Hey y'all, this is Lauren Akins, and welcome to season three of the Live and Love podcast. I am so happy that you are back. In this season of the podcast, we are sharing conversations all about parenting. I'm a mom of four girls, and parenting is the big focus in my world currently. So I'm taking time to sit down with fellow parents, parenting experts, and my village of family and friends that helped me raise my girls to talk about what it looks like to live in love while parenting. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We are so excited about season three, and y'all are too. My gosh, thank you for all your kind words and the way you are sharing the show with your friends. If you get a chance to rate and review the show, that would mean so much to us. It just helps it get in front of the eyes of other parents who may be looking for some of the same help, some of the same conversations that you are looking for. And make sure you grab a copy of Lauren's book, Live in Love. It's a New York Times bestseller, and it is such a good read. On today's episode of the Live and Love podcast, I get to sit down with author, speaker, and podcaster, Carrie Kampakis, to talk about what it looks like to live in love with mom guilt in comparison. So before we jump into our conversation, you might have picked up on a theme over this season that I am always looking to make what I consider chores around the house easier and more sustainable. So that's why I'm going to share our new partner of the Live and Love podcast, Earth Breeze. I know I've mentioned before that we do a lot of laundry in our house. I also talk so much about trying to make life around the home easier because of the amount of people we have in the house and have less clutter. And one way is using Earth Breeze for our laundry needs. 91% of those awkward heavy jugs end up in landfills and oceans harming our planet and marine life. Earth Breeze laundry detergent eco sheets look like dryer sheets, but they're not. It's a revolutionary liquidless laundry detergent that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold. No measuring, no mess, and no heavy plastic jugs. Just toss the sheet right in. Earth Breeze has really made the whole concept of detergent better. The packaging is lightweight, biodegradable, and plastic-free. It's great for all laundry lifestyles, even sensitive skin. Their eco sheets are hypoallergenic and dermatologist tested. They're also compatible with HE, high efficiency washers, gray water systems, and is septic safe. Delivered right to your door via free carbon neutral shipping and at a frequency you can set that works for your unique lifestyle. Most importantly, you still get a powerful clean. Earth Breeze is tough on stains, fights odors, and your clothes come out clean every time. I may have four girls, but their clothes still get so dirty. So I need to know that I can wash it one time and trust it's going to come out clean and mess-free. Don't just take my word for it, though. You can try for yourself with their risk-free 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, Earth Breeze will give you a full refund. No questions asked and no return necessary. Switch from the old-fashioned goo to something new. Right now, my listeners can subscribe to Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash liveinlove to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash liveinlove for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash liveinlove. Lauren, tell me why we're doing a whole episode on mom guilt and comparison. Is that like a (laughs) conversation y'all are having all the time? All the time. I feel like it, I mean, it may not be a topic of conversation and like, hey, are you struggling with mom guilt? But like, I feel like everything goes back to that. If there's an issue in momming, I feel like 90% of the time it comes back, at least for me, I feel like it comes back to mom guilt 
some form of it. Yeah, I agree. So, Carrie, we brought you in because you're the expert in this. We have de- deemed you, <laughs> but so has a, have a lot of your readers and a lot of friends online. Will you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about your books? Kind of tell us and where your kids are in age. Okay. Yes. Um, Carrie Kempakis, my name. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I have four daughters and uh, living in the South. That's usually where I get the bless your heart, honey. Yes. And um, <laughs> But I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. I love having daughters. And so uh, we're in a different season now. My oldest daughter's 20. She's an, a sophomore at Auburn. I have a high school senior, a 10th grader, and then a 7th grader. So I feel like we've been, I've been parenting 20 years. So like I said, I'm ahead of a lot of the moms that I'm writing for now, which is different because when I started writing 10 years ago, it was mostly for my peer group. Yeah. So it's interesting now that I'm writing, you know, about college and launching kids, but then there's a lot of younger moms who are just mm-hmm. seeking help and advice. And so that's been fun getting to connect with them too. So Carrie, yeah, what? the mom guilt. I was like, if there's anything I'm yeah. an expert in, it might be the mom guilt and the comparison. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah, just the narrative in mm-hmm. your head all the time. Well, y'all both tell me. This is one of the yeah. best parts of <laughs> me getting to be here. Did, when did it start? When did mom guilt start for you? Uh, <laughs> in the womb? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, really? Or just like, so when I got, so my oldest, Willa Grace, she's adopted. So I didn't carry her physically in my body. So with her, I met her at five months old. Um, But I mean, I feel like even as early as starting the adoption process, everything was like, am I doing this enough? Am I doing that enough? Is she getting what she needs for me? Am I going too slow on this? Should we speed this process up? And, And even things that were out of my control, I feel like you learn, if you're not careful, you learn to carry that as a mom. And then with babies that I have physically carried, it truly goes back to like, should I be eating this? Should I be exercising more here? Um, Flying on a plane, all the things that, because everybody has an opinion too. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you shouldn't do this. You need to be doing that. And all of that, if you let it, will start to create that doubt or guilt in the back of your mind of like, you're right, I'm not doing a good enough job. Um, But then it just morphs. I feel like yes. it can get much, much bigger. Really? Um, but yeah, I I would say, I mean, as early as you were, have the conscious thought of, I am a mother, I feel like at that point, the enemy can come in and make you feel guilty about just about anything. Does that feel yes. true, Carrie? Yes, so true. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I, I was thinking the first time I remember feeling it in a big sense was when I was pregnant with my second daughter. And I just had her, and I was in the hospital. And I think with one, I felt like, okay, I'm doing a pretty decent job. I could attend to her needs. But I remember being in the hospital with daughter number two, with Sophie, and I was so happy. But it was so different than the first time around because my husband was at home with my two-year-old. And my heart was like, I mean, I felt like I was in love with two people. And then I felt like I was cheating my older daughter because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I love this baby so much, and I'm so happy being here. But then I also want to be with her, and I felt like it was just that I felt like I'm depriving her, mm-hmm. and I'm taken away from her. I can never, I will never be able to attend to her needs again the way that I have here. And so for me, I think that that second baby coming into the mix was really the the game changer because all of a sudden you have one baby with a dirty diaper, and then one child who's hungry and mm-hmm. you know you know angry and wants food, and you're like, okay, whose need? I prioritize first. And so you're constantly in your head. like, And then they get older, and it's like this child has a game on this day, and this child has, you know, something else going on on this day, and you've got to choose which one you're going to. So it's just those little things. And and one reason I have such a heart for your generation of moms, I thought about this, is like 
the moms my age, we had a foot in both worlds of social media. So I had my first three daughters without social media, which was awesome because you're insecure, you're unsure. But I was getting my advice from my mom and my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my sisters. Mm -hmm. And I was comparing myself to like the moms in my playgroup or the park, but it was it was contained. Oh, and wow. so I think that I think it goes back to like your biggest fear. We all fear that we're a bad mom, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like it takes the, the smallest trigger to like bring that fear up to surface. And so I just remember, you know, I think about with my last baby, I had social media and all of a sudden you can compare yourself to every mom on the yeah, planet. Yeah. And so y'all never had that other experience. And so I'm like, I feel so sorry for this generation <laughs> because you do feel like you're doing it wrong. No matter what you're doing, somebody's yeah. going to have an opinion and you've got 10,000 voices on every issue under the sun versus, you know, we would call our mom, like I said, or our sister, a good yeah. friend for advice to go to your play group. Right. And now everybody's going to the internet and, you know, crowdsourcing your questions and you might get 700 different answers. Right. So it's hard. And most of them are probably telling you how you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's not true. I, but, I feel like, I feel like with the following that my husband and I have, I feel like people are for the most part really kind. Yeah. But I know there are people whose following is not super kind. And so I think that would be even harder. But yes. it or definitely— Or if one thing um, kicks off, and a lot—whether you have 90 followers now or 900,000 followers now, if one post gets shared enough or one sure. funny video right. gets shared that's enough— right. Every, yes. It doesn't matter just who your follows you. That's right. Yes. That's right. Everybody days. in the grocery yes. store gets to say what they think about what that's you put right. in your buggy. Yes, yep. exactly. And that, that feels really challenging as an Annie. I can't imagine how that feels <laughs> as a— parent mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. when the video is about that one but that one over here shorts look too small right, right. and so everybody's got words <laughs> yes, about yes. But, but did you see the brother's shorts are too small right you yes. know so what what do you do with that how how do you talk to the generation of moms who are coming up now about where to balance what happens online i mean i think okay. exactly what carrie just said is pre-social media she was having people who she trusted and mm -hmm. who loved her, loves her kids, who she loves, her kids love, speaking that into her and not letting voices that, honestly, <laughs> don't get to have an opinion about your yes, life yeah. speak into your life. Um, but that's exactly, that's exactly why I got off of social media for so long, because it just became overwhelming um, of, of just the opinions. And not even, I think even sometimes, like, good intended opinions. Most of them, probably, Just yeah. as, like weighty if like you're right mm -hmm. that would be cool if I did that with her or I hadn't thought about doing that here and <laughs> yeah. you're like okay I should try to do all these things and you're like I physically cannot do what I have on my list to do today yes. before any of yes. you said anything so um I think finding that balance or just uh, for me I truly had to just shut it out for just mm -hmm. a season yes. just to kind of like get that boundary back to where I'm comfortable like knowing voices place in my life. Yeah. And most of the time they just don't have a place unless you're a person that is doing life with me and I know loves and trusts me and um same for my kids. That's about the only voice I feel like you Carrie, should let under your thinking life. about our friends listening who are first time moms. Mm -hmm. And they're like I hear you, Lauren, and I hear you, Carrie, that the internet's scary, but also my mom lives three hours away, and the only way I'm sorting out what month I'm supposed to switch my baby to whole, to food is the internet, Right, is what Pinterest is telling me. So where's the balance? Because the internet can be helpful, yes. right? Or yes. is it only cause more comparison? Yes. No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, my 
college-age daughters with us today, and we were talking earlier about how during COVID, she started making these cakes, and she, within a month, was making these amazing cakes. Like, it was crazy, but she learned it all online, yeah. and she was getting anything she had an idea for. She could go research it and do it, and so I was like, you know, this is an age where even with motherhood, if you're researching something, yeah. like, we do have access to so many you know, to research or so many more moms, like you really can have a, a quicker learning curve on some things. So I think there's definitely that benefit. And, um, and you know, we all know that I've met some of the most amazing people online and mm-hmm. it led to real life relationships. Yeah. So I think it t- definitely can be used for good. But I'm totally, I, and I just, I'm so glad you get it as a young mom, just the importance of knowing which voices to tune into. And so what I think, what I see on social media is that, you know, God created created all of us to live with a vision. You know, he's, he's a, you know, without a vision, the people will perish, yeah. but he has a unique, unique vision for every family. And so what I tend wow. to do sometimes, I'll look online and I'll see a family doing something or a mom doing something. And that becomes my vision. Like, oh, I need to do that with my kids or I'm failing my kids because we're not, we haven't exposed them to this yet. Yeah. And so I feel like if I do that enough, I just start to not appreciate the vision that God has for our mm-hmm. life, the unique vision. That's good. And so one story, and Lauren, you'll appreciate this because your husband is musical, but I thought about this. I was sharing it with a group recently that, I mean, I remember being frustrated with my husband one time, and he is like the world's best dad. I mean, uh-huh. he's awesome, and but he's not on social media. Like he's, you know, he, he doesn't do all that, but... Um, I was on social media, and I was looking at videos of this dad that I knew from college, and he was singing in his den with his teenage daughter, and the the wife just caught it on tape. It was so spontaneous, and you could just see how much they loved each other, that mm-hmm. he's he's playing guitar and the daughter's singing, and I'm like crying watching this video. <laughs> so at first, my first instinct was I was so moved and so touched, like, that is the sweetest video ever. And then my head goes, well, I want my kids to have that experience, you know, mm-hmm. like I want Harry and my girls, and I felt like kind of mad at him that he had almost like deprived them of that experience. <laughs> yeah. And so in my head, and I think we do this as women because I'm like, it was me trying to control the situation. I'm like, how can I make this happen in my home? Like, that's the vision I want. Yeah. And so for 30 seconds, I sat there and thought, okay, Harry needs to take guitar lessons. And then oh my the gosh, you like, like lined up I his life. Going, yes, I'm lining up like my daughters need to take singing lessons. And then I just stopped myself and I'm like, just laugh because my husband is not musical at all. Like, it would be so fun. <laughs> to see him even trying that. and But it was in that time period, that 30 seconds, that I was like angry, not angry, but just frustrated with him, thinking he'd deprived them of this experience. But then I thought, that's not his relationship with them. You know, he doesn't yeah. sing with them, but he teaches them how to water ski. He taught yeah. them how to ride their bike. He does their math homework. Like, he's an amazing dad yeah. in other ways. But it took yeah. my eyes off that for a minute. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's what social media does, is it just you're comparing yourself and you're not appreciating what God is doing in your life because you think, well, my kids are getting mm-hmm. gypped. They're not getting that experience, or I'm a bad mom because we haven't done that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Comparison still in that joy. Mm-hmm. Before you had Say kids, did you deal with comparison as a wife? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't feel like I did. Mm-mm, not as much. Uh-uh. But I also huh. think, well, I feel like social media got bigger. I mean, when did I have? 2017? So 2016, I met Willa Gray. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Yeah, I feel like it was a different world then still. Uh, Yeah. I do feel like it's bigger now. Right. Um, It's just, there's so much more weight held. It's the power of social media has gotten so much greater. Yeah, because you don't hear people talking about wife guilt. 
You hear yes. them talking about mom guilt. You're right. right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's so what so is true. it about parenting that makes you feel more competition, isn't the word, more comparison? What is it? Do you know? I think it's just the stakes feel so high. You know, I think oh. most moms would say this, like, let me fail at anything in life, but please, God, don't let me fail at this. Like, that's— Wow. And to me, I think it's like that's the underlying fear, like I said, is that you just worry that you're failing your kids or some, something's going to be all your fault, especially if you lose sight of the faith element. Mm-hmm. And so you can get so stuck there and think it all depends on you. And so, like I said, even if you have the best day, you just did something, you feel like mom of the year— if you make a mistake the That's next right. day, it totally, you go back to that mom guilt. Like, it totally undermines mm-hmm. what, what even happened the day before. Mm-hmm. And so it's a fight. I mean, it really is. And, you know, we are talking about the enemy earlier. Like, that's when he can come in and just create these stories in your head and these stories you're telling yourself. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're feeling guilt for something that your kids don't even care about, you know. Yeah. Like, I have a single mom friend, and I was asking her recently. I was like, what do you feel mom guilt about? And her, her son's in college an hour away. He's at Alabama. And she's a working mom. And she's like, I feel guilty that sometimes I can't just go drive down and have lunch with him. Mm. But she goes, he doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) He's a freshman boy in college. She's like, he doesn't care that I'm not eating lunch with him. But I want it. But she's feeling mom guilt over that. So it's just like we can find any little thing in any season of life. Hey, friends. So I get questions all the time about my hair and what my routine is and what I'm loving and using. And guys, I'm so flattered. Now, while most of it is genetics, it also has a lot to do with what I use, which is why I'm excited to talk about a new sponsor of the Live and Love podcast, Kitsch. They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a dedicated following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. Whatever your budget, skin type, or hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door, literally just hustle and a dream, Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's best sellers include satin pillowcases, caps and eye masks, satin is vegan and cruelty-free, and they are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. Heatless satin curling rollers say bye-bye to heat damage. These are the original, the OG, and still the best heatless curlers. Don't settle for knockoffs. Get the ones that started the craze. I personally love the rice water shampoo bars from Kitsch that helps with overall hair growth and density and their rosemary scalp oil that helps support scalp health and hair strength from root to tip. And you can come out of the shower smelling like a spa. Right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash liveandlove. That's right, 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash liveandlove. One more time, mykitsch.com slash liveandlove for 30% off your order. Another sponsor that you know I can't stop talking about is Crew. I love that we get to work with partners like Crew to help forward their mission of making the Bible accessible to as many families as they can. It is still so crazy to me that something I truly could not live without is something that so many people still don't have access to, a Bible, and some are not even allowed to have one. That is a reality that so many people around the world are facing today. 
Cruise missionaries are in almost every country on earth, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. But there is one thing they're still missing, a Bible in their own language. We continue to have so many of our Live and Love listeners support Crew, and can I just tell you that I am so grateful that we get to support them in filling that need. But as one missionary said, we found so many people reading their Bibles. Please continue praying for us. We still need more Bibles to distribute. So can I ask y'all to please join me in helping meet that need? For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to 15 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Live in Love. Simply text Akins to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift will really change someone's life. Text Akins to 71326, that's A-K-I-N-S, to 71326 to help now, or visit give.crew.org slash Akins. Message and data rates may apply, available to U.S. addresses only. Lauren, what, I mean, when she says that, the the number one thing I don't want to fail at is being a mom. Mm -hmm. Does that ring true? Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's like... I don't know, every little girl, I mean, ever since I was a little girl, and even me who didn't like just dream of being a mom, that's just where I feel like my head went. Because as a little girl, you look to your mom and I think like envision your life one day, at least I did. And so it was never a question in my mind whether I wanted to be a mom, but I wasn't like some women are obsessed with it growing like I can't wait to be a mom and even like the degree of like not crazy over the moon about becoming a mom that I was I still feel like at the end of the day the Lord created me to be a mom in whatever way that looks like and you know we adopted first So it doesn't even have to be biological kids, adopted kids. It could be being an aunt or a best friend. And But I think women tend to look at themselves as raising generations in whatever capacity that may be. And I feel like that is the one job that we can all do no matter what stage of life we're in, like whether we're married or not, whether we're you know, well out on a career or not, or whatever stage of life you find yourself in, women, I feel like, are just like the raising. Yeah. And so if you fail at that, I think it's so easy and fail is, you know, a loose term. But if you feel like you're failing at that, it's so easy to feel like you are a failure. Like, you can't do that. What is failure as a mom? What is failure as a mom? I mean, it's so intangible. (laughs) Right. Because it's not ever permanent. Right. Exactly. And and that's what I tell moms. And I'm like, you know, and and also you can't get too prideful, you know, that just because your child's in a great place at age 20. Right. I mean, I know people, their life falls apart at age 40. Yeah. And so I just, I'm Yeah, I fell apart good at 34. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And I'm I'm like, we're all one mistake away from falling off a cliff. And I think- We've got to show so much compassion to other parents, especially mm. when a child does mess up or go off the rails, because it could be our child. Like, yeah. 
Right. My favorite parents are the ones that, you know, you ask them, how are your kids doing? And they're like, as of today, everybody's good. Because it's true. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. But so I, I think what I see, I just see, and I've, I've been there myself too, is that so often we feel like we're failing at something and we're staying place, stuck in that place of defeat. Mm-hmm. And I should constantly remind myself, like, God created us to parent with strength and not defeat. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so what I've realized as my girls have gotten older and the challenges get bigger, it's like, okay, I've got to keep myself in a good place mentally and physically and spiritually mm-hmm. to be able to help them, to mentor and to guide, because yeah. that really you can't control. You know, you can't control their yeah. life. You can't fix their problems. And so really your best thing that you can do is helping guide them and navigating those challenges. But so often as moms, you know, if we're more upset than our child is, then we can't help them. You know, like we've really got to be that mentor they need. But that takes us doing that work inside of us. Yeah. Getting our head in a good space. And that's so hard. It is so hard. It's so hard to to be able to look at it from that angle and be like, I've got to take care of myself so that I'm able to take care of them. Yes. Because I feel like so many moms have it in their head backwards of like, give everything I have to my children first, and then I'll take care of myself. Mm-hmm. But if you go down, the whole ship goes down. Yes, yeah, yes, that's right. Exactly. So that's you've right. got to like, figure out what that looks like for you to be healthy so that you can be a good mom, a good wife, a good friend, whatever it may be. But if you're not taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you aren't going to be able to care for those, whoever those are. So mm-hmm. y'all talk to the mom right now who is laying in bed, her kids are at school, and she can barely get up. And she does feel like she is, the ship is going down because of what she is dealing with. Mm. Her comparison is, everyone else is out of bed today and I'm not. Mm. Because I'm emotionally sick, I'm physically sick, I'm whatever it is. Mm -hmm. How do we get out of the comparison of healthy and unhealthy? And how how do we parent if the ship is going down? That makes me emotional, <laughs> just you saying that, because I, that's where I was after I had my fourth, and I didn't really talk about it much, but that was also when I got off social media for a minute, because I felt like I couldn't hear any more voices that weren't speaking truth to me, mm-hmm. but I struggle with postpartum depression after Lily, and I didn't know more what that was. More than the other two? <clears throat> I never had it before. Wow. So I literally didn't know what it was. But thank God I have a husband who knows me before all of that because he's like, I know that you are in there somewhere, but I just wasn't able, I wasn't able to get out of bed some days. And um, gosh, it's so hard. Like you, you do, you feel like you have just failed. And then when you have three other children who are grown looking at you going, why can't mommy get out of bed? Why can't mommy come play with me? It just breaks your heart, and you're just like, I am such a failure. I can't, I can't love my husband well. I can't love the three that I've already had well. I feel like some days I'm connected to this baby, some days I'm not. And the Lord has given me like four beautiful children, and I can't get the energy to get out of bed. It's it's bizarre, especially coming from the place I was raised, which was very much like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do it. Like you have to, you have to do it. You are the only one who can make yourself do it. And that is true to an extent. Mm-hmm. But there are times where you truly, and for me in that place, like you're in such a valley that the only people I relied on was the Lord. And I just would bring it all to him and the people in my small group mm-hmm. and my husband and my family. And that's, that's a pretty wide 
support group. But even if that's just a best friend or a mother or your Mm -hmm. husband, start somewhere where it's a safe place and be like, here's what I feel right now, and I don't know what to do with it. And also, I think, like, giving that to God, even in your anger, even in your whatever that is, I think for so long I felt like I felt like um, ungrateful a little bit. Like, Mm. how dare I Mm. feel the way that I feel or have this depression, which— it's not like I wished it on myself, but it's where I was. And I was like, it's ridiculous that that I'm in this place. And so I was kind of angry. Like, why why would this be happening to me? And why can't you pull me out of this? And um, right. kind of like having that dialogue with God of like, where are you mm-hmm. in all of this? And even in those hard and honest conversations, like he can handle yeah. those honest conversations. And over time, truly what pulled me out of it was a lot of prayer, a lot of like speaking that to like whatever was in that dark place, speaking it and bringing it to light because yes. then all of a sudden it didn't feel so scary and yes. crazy anymore. And whether my friends or family had been through it or not, they had compassion. They came close. They were like, we're going to pray with you on this. We're going to help you. Like, we're going to help you with kids. We're going to help you. We're going to do fun things. We're going to, if, and like, I had a friend from one of my kids' school and she, she texted me. And she said, the Lord's really put you on my heart, and she owns a gym. And she was like, I really want you to come try working out for a couple of days and just see how you feel. And being active, speaking it out loud, making yourself get up and get out of bed and just try. Yeah. Try to take that one step in front of the other. It it pulled me out of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's not the case for so many moms, and I know that it's not that simple sometimes, but truly just well, that trying wasn't to, simple. You don't have to downplay mm. that. That wasn't simple. <laughs> well, but just trying to put one foot in front of the other, even though that feels hard, that's still one step closer to getting two steps in front of the other or whatever it may be. But I do think going back to what you were saying, taking care of yourself, things that I won't sacrifice again are being physically active mm-hmm. um, and and speaking out loud things that I'm feeling like deep in my spirit, even Mm -hmm. if it feels kind of crazy or dark. Um, Because if you don't have that community around you, that safe place, it just stays within. And I think it just festers and it grows and it becomes a monster Mm -hmm. that you're like, who knows what that will turn into eventually, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was hard. It was so hard. And and then you just exactly, and then you start talking like that negative self-talk of like, you are a failure. Like, why can't you get yourself together? And why can't you be a better mom? And your girls are going to grow up and remember how sad this Mm. four, five months of their life was. And it was lies, but it was, it's truly how I felt. And, um, but it's, it's, I think more moms struggle with that than probably they let on Mm -hmm. because the more I would tell people that story they would be like oh my gosh I did the same thing but I didn't have the resources in or I didn't know how to talk about it or I felt crazy and I think now what is really cool about social media Mm -hmm. is there are moms coming out saying hey here's what I struggle with and um and and that does that is empowering to other mothers to be Mm -hmm. like hey you're not alone in this you're not crazy Mm -hmm. it happens to some people it is really hard and you can do it because we're gonna rally alongside you whatever that looks like um but, I mean, we talked about this in previous seasons, but community is truly, like, such a lifeline yeah. in life in general, not just parenting, but just in being a human. Like, it is essential. 
to living is having a solid community. What do you think? I mean, I'm like, amen. (laughs) Like, There were like 20 things I could say on that, but you just hit the nail on the head. And, you know, one thing I can say having older kids, and this is something I try to tell to the younger moms too, because when you're in that season, especially when your kids are little and you're like, I'm failing them and this is all they're going to remember. You know, I think one of the best gifts we can give our children is letting them see our journey of transformation Mm -hmm. and then letting them see our humanity. And, you know, one thing I think about, I tell moms all the time, I'm like, these kids are growing up in an age of perfection. Like they get on social media, especially as they become teenagers and older. Like that's all they see is that Mm -hmm. curated perfection. Mm -hmm. And they think something's wrong with them. And, you know, one story I always go back to, it was this, you know, cute girl in my own community. And she was at this Christian retreat with her parents. She's very close with her parents. She was 17 years old. And they were having this heart-to-heart discussion. They just heard this speaker and she just burst into tears. And she told her parents, she goes, you two are just so perfect. I feel like I can never measure up. Wow. And her parents are great parents. They are just they were just trying to be good role models. But nobody's but perfect. Right, nobody's right. perfect. And they were not trying to give that image. And so, like, one thing I try to tell moms is, like, it's okay mm-hmm. if you have those seasons. Because chances are your child's going to have a season like that in yeah. their life, you know. And they're going to have days they can't get out of bed. Yeah. And so, like, you're still modeling, even in your worst your worst days. And oh, I think, that's like, that's—I right? mean, that's what brings us to God. I mean, that is, like, yeah. why my faith is what it is. It's those yeah. days that I'm like, I'm not enough. And I was trying to be so perfect, and I failed. And, you know, one thing I thought about as you were sharing your story was that— and I sometimes as I'm praying, I'm just always, I'm like, because I want to do. I'm mm-hmm. like, God, okay, help me be a better mom. Help me be a better wife. Help me be a better daughter, sister, friend, you know, all these things. And and sometimes I truly just feel him just telling me, just like, stop, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> let me love you. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I got to, I got to keep going. I got to do something better. And if I can, if we can just like say, you know, just give ourselves that grace and compassion and just really like, all these truths we're trying to teach our daughters, like how much God loves them. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I really believe it for myself? Mm-hmm. And that He's compassionate when I can't get out of bed and that He's mm-hmm. there for me like He would be for my child. And I don't know what it is, but I was like, it's so easy for me to believe it for my children. But believing that same truth for myself is yeah. so hard sometimes. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, on the way to church the other day, Tom Strat was out of town. And I had all four girls here in the car going to church, which is always when, like, the oh, worst things happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I think it was older two arguing in the back. And, I mean, I lost it. It was, like, the last straw. Like, all morning things have been going wrong or kids are fighting or whatever it was. And the two girls said something in the back, and I said, that is is it. I said, we are going to church. We I, like, the, pulled the Jesus card while yeah, I'm yelling in yeah, the car. Yeah. All of it. Silence in the car, and everybody's just kind of sitting there, you know, like even Lily's like, you know, just like, <laughs> like I'm new like, around here, but this is forward. And the girls are in the back going, Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And Lennon, who doesn't even, Lennon's going, Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, Laura, you just totally like lost it, and we are on our way to church. That's about right. So I'm sitting, I'm driving in the car, driving down the interstate, and literally just tears. I mean, just like the guilt of like, oh my gosh, I just, we are on our way to church. I'm screaming at my kids. I wanted to like have such a good day before mm. Thomas Trek came home and the house is buttoned up and everybody's like, daddy, we're here. We're happy. <laughs> our life's perfect. And yeah. I'm just crying in the front seat. And my big girls know like when something's wrong, like, they're old enough to know like, oh, mom is for sure just crying in the front seat. Yeah. And so I'm crying and one of them says, mommy. <laughs> and I said, <sighs> Yes, baby. And she said, are you having a hard day? And I said, I am having a hard day. And then I just start crying again. I said, I'm so sorry. 
mommy should not have raised her voice. And I, I just, I, I really want y'all to love each other. I don't want you to fight. Mommy's nerves can't take it anymore with the bickering back and forth. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm so, mama's nerves. Um, mama's nerves are losing it. But I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I, and, and before I could finish my sentence, my older two were like, no, mommy, we're sorry. We're sorry. Aww. We're going to love each other well. We're sorry. We're going to make, we're going to make the rest of the day easy for you because we know it's hard when daddy's gone. Aww. And they started like saying all of these things back to me that I have spent the last few years trying to be like, Aww. or t- when Thomas Strett leaves, he's like, yeah. hey girls, help your mom. There's four of you. There's one of her. Yeah. And l- we're supposed to love each other well. Like, I don't know. It's, it's easy to get frustrated sometimes, but, you know, all, all the things you teach your kids and saying it over and over or watching them watch him and I after we've argued, yeah. be yeah. like, I'm really sorry. No, I shouldn't have said that. No, I shouldn't have said that. And and in that brokenness of, like, mm-hmm. realizing, okay, I messed up, and and what do you do with that? They are modeling it and now doing it, and I can see them, obviously, with me then, but even with each other. Of just being like, yeah, you're right. I messed up, and I shouldn't have done that. And I'm gonna try again. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at a young age, they're able mm-hmm. to understand. And and I wasn't prompting them to apologize to me. I truly was just saying I should not have done that. But before that sentence finished, they're both like, "No, mommy, we're sorry. We're <laughs> yeah. sorry. We're gonna do better. We shouldn't have screamed at each other." And it's really in that brokenness, there is so much beauty that yes. comes from it of being vulnerable and real and letting them see you be human and mm-hmm. and even in the moments that you wish you could take back having that conversation with them yeah. of like you know what I shouldn't have done that yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do better next time yeah. and um it's so good for them to see and it's it's really sweet to watch them like have adult emotions and then process those adult emotions and then try to deal with them in a mature yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even at a young age, you know, they can, they know and they can handle it to an extent, you know, they are yeah. children. But I do love their reactions to things too when I am upset. Mm-hmm. You know, Willa Gray one time came in and she sat next to me in my bathroom and and I was cleaning up something. She sat on the side of my um, sink and, and she said, Mommy, you know that if you have a hard day, you can just ask me for help. Oh. <laughs> Those oldest babies. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh. And so then I just, you know, I'm weeping all she's like, Are you sad? I'm like, No, you just my heart doesn't know what to do. You're so sweet. I don't know what I did to deserve you. But those big emotions with little people yeah. is mm. it's powerful. It really is. I mean, and you made me think, and like, honestly, like, those are really some of your best parenting moments. I've had so many moments like that, like when they are, you're sad, and they're having to comfort you, and they're reciting back all those little seeds you planted, and you're like, it's working. (laughs) You know, like, they listen. They listen. They listen, and they took it in, and it is amazing how God can work in those moments. And then you do realize, like, this is helping them, like, as they get to be teenagers and go to college, and you want them to have friendships, and like, they've got to know how to apologize and own up to their mistakes. And so many people never learn that skill and that to be humble enough to look at yourself, it's hard. But I do think even in that, we're modeling so many good things for them that's going to help them in our humanity and our weaknesses. Like, you know, I love what Paul says in the Bible about boasting about your weaknesses. Like, truly, we can't. Like, I messed up today or I lost my temper and I'm working on this. But that's so helpful for them to see because then they're going to grow up to be, hopefully, become mm-hmm. people that can take ownership for their own emotions mm-hmm. 
and know that, you know, circling back around, I think is so big. Yeah. And that's something that took me a long time to realize that I was such a perfectionist and I thought I had to be perfect for them. And any, if I admitted I was wrong, then they would think less of me. But really, mm-hmm. they get to be teenagers, and it starts creating a gulf because they're like, you know, don't <laughs> be putting it all on me, Mom. You yeah. know, like, you're part of the problem here, too. But um, in one of my books, Love Her Well, about connecting their teenage daughter, and I was so reluctant to share this story, but it starts me crying on the floor because I was having this hard season with my daughter. We'd been fighting, and I just was like, you know, I need to put her in her place, and I was, I was blaming all of our problems on her. Like everybody said, teenage girls are a nightmare, and it's right. true. But it's then, turning out true. <laughs> it's turning out true. But the problem, I, I fell on my floor. I was like, this has been going on for months. And I'm like, the problem is me. You know, mm. I was I was just creating this disconnect, and I was not loving her. You know, and I was trying mm. to correct her, and I had higher But God just, like, laid it on my heart. And I'm, anyway, like, in my brokenness, on my floor, just crying, like, God, help me. And that was really when he just, like, broke my heart open. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do I love my teenage daughter and parent my teenage daughter. Like, that's wow. the, what we struggle with as parents. Yeah. But it's crazy. And I was writing books for teen girls at the time. And so I remember thinking, nobody can ever know about this moment, you know, because I was <laughs> yeah. like, this is like totally undermines my credibility. So, you know, five years later, I'm opening up a book with it. And yeah. I was like, wow, God has really worked in my heart that I don't mind sharing this story. And I don't mm. mind letting people see my mistakes because I know they need to hear it. But I think, like, I get so many emails from moms that are, like, on page one of that book and reading that story, and that's what they relate to. Mm. And you just think of, like, I would never have that connection with them or that deep conversation had it not been me sharing that. Yeah. And just bringing it to light, like you said. Mm. Like, the things we're most scared to share, and you know this too, Annie, like, that's what people resonate with the most. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, That's what people need to hear. Yeah. Because that's that's the realness is being human. And if you can't feel related too, in other areas, then you just, it's, you become this isolated bubble where you're like, I'm the only one that feels this. I'm the only one that does this. Mm-hmm. And it, that can destroy you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good. That's so powerful. Just taking a break to share about one of the new sponsors on the podcast, Haya Health. I love how they are changing the game for our kids' vitamins needs. And as a mom, I can trust what I'm putting into my girls' bodies. Typical children's vitamins are filled with two teaspoons of sugar and unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk that growing kids should not be putting into their bodies. That's where Haya stepped in and changed things up. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. You can trust that Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it still tastes yummy and is perfect for picky eaters. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. It's non-GMO, vegan and dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's delivered straight to your door, and in your first shipment, it comes with a bunch of cute stickers, and my girls loved getting to decorate their Haya bottles. It makes them excited to take their vitamins every day, and that is a real proud mom moment for me. Haya was incredibly generous and worked out a special deal for Live and Love listeners. To get their best-selling children's vitamin, you can receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Live and Love. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Live and Love and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hey, y'all. So if you've been following me a while, you know that I am a huge fan of Able Clothing, and they were founded right here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor on this season of the Live and Love podcast. 
Able is a brand that's moving fashion forward with their mission to create go-to wardrobe pieces that empower both the women who wear them and the women who make them. Able offers thoughtfully designed apparel, denim, shoes, leather bags, and handmade jewelry that you can feel good in and good about. Each piece is manufactured in the communities Able wishes to impact, including their own neighborhood in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as around the world. No matter what stage of life you're in, Able is here for you, serving you with quality and comfortable styles that make you look and feel your best. Able is devoted to quality, both in the products they make and the quality of life they aim to provide for their workers. Women comprise more than 90% of the staff at ABLE, and ABLE has seen firsthand how providing women with safe and dignified jobs has the power to change not only their families, but the entire community. Women comprise more than 90% of the staff at ABLE, and ABLE has seen firsthand how providing women with safe and dignified jobs has the power to change not only their families, but entire communities. I am so happy to share that Live and Love listeners get a unique discount code for ABLE, which gives you 15% off your purchase on ableclothing.com. Simply use code LIVEINLOVE15 at checkout. Every purchase provides an opportunity for change. Carrie, will you kind of wrap us up? That It sounds like what I'm hearing you say is some of the ways we can like combat mom guilt and comparison is by telling the truth, telling your stories, being in it with your kids and holding on to the stories like Lauren's holding on to. Are there some other ways that we can like really go after? Cause, cause I'm guessing it doesn't go away. I mean, yes. you've been doing this 10 years longer than <laughs> us, yeah. but it doesn't go away. Yeah. So what do we do? How do we combat comparison and mom guilt? You know, um, I mean, for me, it just goes back to faith. And like, like I said, the thing I, I tell myself all the time is just God created us to parent with a spirit of strength and not defeat. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can really look at our kids and look at the world that's shaping them and how difficult it is, like they need us, you know, they need us to be in fighting condition to, to help them. It's wow. like, really, like, I might not do something for myself, but I'm going to do the work for my children, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I might not think I'm worth the time to go and, you know, take care of my uh, the fact I can't get out of bed, but I think my kids are worth it. Mm. And so I think motherhood is so motivating in that way. Mm-hmm. And knowing that even in our raw moments and our mistakes, we're still modeling, probably might be some of the best examples for wow. them because they're humans too, you know, yeah. and they're going to have— mistakes and hard seasons and days they can't get out of bed. So Mm -hmm. just really showing that grace to ourselves and knowing that God, He really does work with it all, you know, and you see that after you've been parenting for longer, like even our biggest mistakes and mess ups, like He can even, their mistakes, He can weave it into something good if we give it to Him. But if we're trying to hold on to it and keep it in the darkness, then He's not able to do that. Yeah. I love that so much. Do you have any other thoughts on how you've been able to combat the moments of mom guilt and comparison? Uh, I had a mom friend not too long ago tell me, and I don't. This brought me so much encouragement for whatever I was going through at the time. But she said um, she sent a voice memo. It's a group of moms who will go like stroller around a park with all all age of our kids. And just out of the blue, one day she said, "I don't know why, but I just feel like maybe some of y'all need to hear this." But I was reading something that said all of the pieces of you that make you you, and I don't know why this stuck out to me, but she said, like, do you like milkshakes? Do you love to go on a run? Do you like to read books? Are you really funny? Do you like scary movies? Um, Just, like, random things. She goes, all the things that you love, that you don't love, that you're good at, that you're not good at, all of those things God made you to be the way that you are for the children that you have. 
And there is no other you in this world. And he wanted you for the children that you have. So whatever it is that makes you different or that you love or you're great at or whatever it is, like embrace those things, even if it's so different from the moms next to you. Because for whatever reason, that little piece of you in all of those little pieces of you, he chose to put together so that you could raise the humans that you're raising. And it just, it makes you have this sense of like celebrating the way God made you, yeah. the things that make you nervous, the things mm-hmm. that you you don't want to do, all of the things, even if you see them as negative, whatever that is that makes up you, you is exactly the way you were supposed to be to raise the humans that he wanted to raise under you. Yeah. And that, that has just mm. stuck with me. And she said it a few weeks ago and I saw her the other day and I said, I cannot tell you how comforting that was. And I just... I don't know if God was just speaking directly to me through you, but I for sure was a mom on that text that needed to hear it. And it was so encouraging and just so sweet to think about how special that is, like what a gift it is that he thought so carefully about the way he made use because he had the children that he knew he was going to give you later in life. And whoever those children are, whether they're your biological, adopted, nieces, nephews, friends, like it's so special Mm -hmm. and, and something that, you know, shouldn't be taken for granted, but it's um, it's a wild ride and it's exhausting <laughs> for sure, but it's such a sweet gift. And I think if we can come back to that mindset, you can get your heart in the right posture. <laughs> That's good. We can just end it right there, Lauren. Well done. I'm like, can you please post that on social media so I can keep that on my phone? Every mom needs to hear that. It's so, so sweet. True. I need to find out where it's she so heard true. that. But and I think so, yeah, so like good. and just to like be able to celebrate your gifts and say, like, I'm a terrible cook. I've tried, but I'm not, but I'm married to a Greek and his family are all great cooks. Oh, wow. But I had a lot of insecurity at first. And now I'm like, well, that's just not my thing. But mm-hmm. I've got relatives that can knock it out of the park. <laughs> you know, but like that's good. Like to have like this is your strength and yep. this is her strength and this is her strength. And to be able to celebrate that in yep. each person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Good. Oh, man, what an incredible episode. Lauren, I feel like I learned so much. Did you learn a lot on that one? <laughs> so much. My gosh, Carrie Kimpakis is so brilliant. What a gift she was. And, and just having this conversation around comparison and mom guilt feels really helpful. It, for all the moms that you are friends with, just slide this episode to them. Just put it in their hearts, put it in their ears. This sounds like one that could be really helpful for a lot of moms who don't really have an opportunity to say some of the things we were able to say, but need an outlet. So share this one with your people. Yep. So powerful. And I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Live and Love podcast with some of my best friends, Grace Hackett and Lindsay Marlin, where we'll be talking about what it means to live in love while raising kids with your village.